are going to party like it's 1999, man. Powell just like lit the lit the world on fire yesterday. It is. It was. Wow. He cut rate. He cut rates like eight times. Just you know. No, wait, wait. He did. Yeah. It felt right, like it, right. didn't it. My goodness. Oh my gosh. It's amazing wow. how much the market loves him when he's not a uh, when he's very dovish and he's very yeah. He was talking sexy to the market yesterday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Brendan Rendo with. Uh, the Holmes and Orlando team, joined as always by Joseph Dion. We are the Orlando Real Estate Buzz, come to you every Thursday morning to bring you all the local, all the latest news in the financial world that affects both local real estate and the national real estate. Mm -hmm. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and join us every Thursday morning. Powell was in a good mood yesterday, wasn't right? he? Right? Like... He, I, I really, really expected him to come out very hawkish when in the, in the presser, and then he was kind of like, "Hey, like maybe we've He's seen like, what yeah, we did. We did, good. We did good. Yeah, like, he was feeling himself a little bit, and the market was, man, the market just was loving him. Oh my gosh, you. Hopefully, I mean, you, you we we kind of talked about it, and we'll go into some numbers. It'll, I think it it was. A good reaction, but it was a little over exuberant. A little more yeah. than yeah. I mean, people just like went crazy. I mean, look at look at the bond market. This was, I mean, we're sitting here going, boom. I mean, it fell off the cliff yesterday. Look at yeah. look at this drop. Pew. We've we have we have what the, the tenure has dropped almost a hundred basis points. From close to five, and we actually broke four, and we're under four right now. We're sitting at three point nine six, and we're sitting there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's it's rates have really have took a beautiful dive down, and it's just you know it's it's great to see for people, um, you know, because you're you're gaining probably what about thirty thousand dollars with a with a point drop in purchasing capability somewhere in that ballpark yeah and with the way the the uh the housing market has has really turned into a doldrum as far as sales numbers you're hoping that hey you know first a year you know this maybe this will push people push people back up over the edge i mean i know we're still sitting historically we're sitting at a very high debt to income ratio for most people, but if you can buy the same house and save three or four hundred dollars a month on a payment, all of a sudden, where you were thinking, "I I can't do it right now. I can't do it right now. I'm gonna have to wait for the rates to drop." Um, mm -hmm. They dropped. <laughs> I, it's been big movement. I mean, I literally the movement we saw yesterday and today, and to and the fact that we held it like. I, I kind of expected a little bit of a pullback today, and we haven't seen it yet. We still see the bond market going down. We're seeing MBS going up. Like it, yep. it's, it's it's very interesting, and um, I expect a little bit of a pullback, but we haven't seen it just yet. Yeah, I mean, this when when was the last time we were actually below seven? Was it September? Maybe early October? Yeah, something like that. Ballpark. I know. I, you know. You know, it's we definitely made big, big pushes, and uh, this is great. 
Like I yeah. love this. Like yeah. I mean, it helps. Like the psychological barrier. Like sixes are always easier than sevens, and definitely yes. easier than eights. But I feel like yep. sixes are a number where typically most consumers feel comfortable with that number. Like, yeah. do they want? Does everybody want threes? Yes. yes. But I think a lot of people understand. Like, hey, like five sixes, this is good. Like this yep. is this is okay. It's a decent time to buy. Yep. So I think you know when we looked at the numbers, really once we hit that, we broke that six and a half mark. That's when we really started to see sales truly decrease. Mm-hmm. Was that six and a half was just that barrier that people just could not get past mm-hmm. in their interest rates, and yeah. we're we're getting pretty close to there. Um, FHA may maybe even a little bit closer, aren't they? I mean, where are we sitting yeah, we, FHA right now? Yeah, we've got to see. I mean, six point two three. I mean, that's I mean that's pretty aggressive. There's going to be some points on that uh, right yep. now, but I mean the key here is is that we're getting closer and closer and we're seeing things get better and better. And the big thing that we've talked about in the previous weeks is our only concern is that we don't want it to happen too fast. Yeah. Um, You know, November was fantastic for rates, but December is turning into a duplicate of November. And that's one of my fears. Like, I don't want to be like, I don't, I, I, hopefully I'm wrong with this, but what I don't want to see is, is a spurring of the economy that is going to push the feds to say, wait a minute, maybe we aren't out of the woods yet. Yeah. A reignition of inflation. Yep. You know, our number never came in at, you know, 3.1, but the core number, which, you know, is, is, is your food and everything else mm-hmm. that was still sitting at 4%, which that's not, you know, not really too close to that too. That's, that's their goal. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was interesting to see Oh, wait, which one? Oh, oh, here is CPI. Our favorite one of all time. Yay! Shelter is <laughs> still sitting at 6.5%. Yeah. And remember, that's 30% of your number. Mm-hmm. But the numbers um, I, I see out there is that the, the rents are coming down. So it's a little contra- it's contradictory again. And one one thing that pulled down the overall inflation number is fuel. You know, fuel oil had a twenty four percent drop. That's huge. And our gasoline, you know, we had we had everyone seeing gas come down, break the three dollar barrier, which yep. we haven't seen in a long time. So you had a lot of lot of numbers pulling the inflation down. Actually, kind of a deflationary situation there, mm-hmm. but. You know, when you're when the household, you know, they count that for 30 percent of your number and that's still holding at six. That's that's what's keeping us up. Yep. Right. That's that's what's holding everything, everything um, up. Well, this but this is something I thought was interesting this morning, too, is, you know, we love we love to watch our our probability ratings for the Fed on where everyone thinks they're going to go. And Mm -hmm. I mean. They came out and they said three rate rate decreases next year. Yeah, right? three. But well, just three, right? Three. Just three. Yeah, just three. Yeah. Well, people think that you know we we've jumped from nothing, zero, to eighteen percent, thinking they're going to cut in as early as January. 
I don't see it. <laughs> I, I feel like this is this is what we always say, right? Like people respond to what the news. Yep. Not what actually is occurring, right? It, yep. it was like, like, and that's and that's something that you know what I mean that for us is maybe the feds do cut in January or February or March, but the movement we might be seeing now may already put the rates lower than where they're going to go. And maybe yeah, the feds cut a quarter percent in March, but we're priced as if they were going to cut a half percent and we actually see rates get a little bit worse. Yeah. And that's, I just, I think that's where we're headed is we've overpriced it so much. The rate rate cuts that, you know, people are going to be disappointed. They're going to be calling up saying, Hey, the Fed just cut rates. Well, rates are actually a little bit higher today. That doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, it does because they built it in. You know, we say that all the time. Well, it, you know, yeah, the Fed raised the rates, but it was already built into the, built into the numbers. It was already yeah. built into the numbers. We, we and, move numbers on speculation. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it seems like the speculation waves are so much bigger than they used to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot bigger than they used to be. Yeah. So, so you got January, you got, 18%. But look at this. When we go to where people think they'll be at the end of next year. We're at 5.5 right now. Most people think they're going to be around four. Wow. And that would be more of a six-ish cut, right? Six-ish, yeah. Which is six what everybody's joking about. Like everybody's yep. saying it's going to be six cuts. Like, in fact, like I feel I've seen more realtors, more financial advisors, more, more, you know, people in the industry that, you know, they're, they're commenting six because, and I don't even know what, what kind of triggered that initially. Um, but that's the hard part is, is, well, the feds are saying three. Yeah. Yeah. They're saying, but what, what I think a lot of people forget is, why do you cut rates? What's going on in the economy that you need to cut rates? It's going poorly. What? It's it's not going good. Right. Yeah. Re like recession. Recession. Bad. Like right. bad numbers. Employment. Unemployment is up. You know, things yeah. that are negative typically drives rates down. Rate cuts. Yeah, because you want to stimulate. You want to, you know, make money easier to get. Make money less expensive to get. Yep. So everyone's being jubilant that, wow, we need a point and a half cut because the economy is going to be shit next year. Exactly. Wait, no. We, 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 we don't want it to be like, no, like we're, we're ignoring that. Like it's not going to be shit. It's going to be great because we're going to cut the rates. But if it's great, why do you want to cut the rates? Why do you have to cut the rates? You really don't. You don't need to. But you're about to. But, but 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 this is exactly what we've been talking about, is if we do things too fast, if we spur the economy too fast, the mm -hmm. feds aren't going to respond with what we need. Like, cause let, let's take it, all this movement of dropping rates without seeing the rates cut. Right. And yes, this is partly of our yield curves getting a little bit closer, our spread between, you know, yeah. and, you know, the 10 year and, and the MBS being a little bit more into historic norms where it's been kind of setting much, much farther apart. And the challenge is, is, well, if that's all it took to spur the economy back up, 
the feds are going to say, wait, if we cut rates, what will that do? Yes. Like yep. that'll, that'll put in overdrive. You don't want a repeat of 2020. Yep. And we'll end up with jobs, uh, labor shortages again, which will force payrolls up, which will force inflation up. And we've just killed everything we've done for the past two years. And then, and then they'll do what they did in the eighties and they'll double down. And they'll and say, double you know down. What? We tried a soft landing, soft landing didn't work. Now we're going to have to, we're going to have to crash this. Bad we're going to have to, we're going to have to crash this bad boy. Yeah. Like, that's what we don't want. And that's the hard part is I think, I think across the board, a lot of people see surface level and they don't realize the bigger implications that can happen if the economy gets moving too quickly. Now, I think we're in a good position, right? Rates drop, even with December being strong, because we're going into the holiday season, which means mm -hmm. it's going to slow down that yes. buying, like buying season naturally is going to be slower. Like I've seen, yeah. even with rates dropping, we're picking up a little bit. We've seen applications tick up. We've seen refinances, but we're not in a, a crazy high, stupid, stupid, aggressive market, right? Correct. And yep. that's okay, as long as we stay here. Um, and affordability is still an issue at 6.8, whatever, you know, the national average that they were saying, right? It's still hard, like, to look at homes because, you know, homes are, you know, still, they're $100,000 more, you know, 30% more than what they were in 2019. Mm -hmm. Or greater, yeah. like, in some pockets, right? Like, I don't know what, in some areas is what, 50% more? Um, yeah. Possibly yeah, 100% I mean. more, I don't know. Um, you know, so affordability is still an issue. So yeah. I think, you know, I think we've got to see the rates and settle down. I'd really like to see us kind of settle in and coast through the rest of the year. You know, I, I know anybody watching this broadcast right now is like, no, I want low rates so I can take advantage of the best rates possible. And it's like, it'll be okay. Like we got lower, but it's, you know, you don't want to see us put ourselves into a situation where we, we do exactly what you said. We, we, we have a labor shortage, which causes payrolls to go up, which causes inflation to increase, which causes the feds to go, wait, we've got to halt this. How do they halt it? They make borrowing more expensive, which they, means they everything gets more expensive. And then because yeah. we've gone through this just so recently, they double down and say, no, we got to really feel this pain for not just a few months. We got to feel the pain for six months or a year so yeah. that we can get ourselves out of it. Yep. That's not what we yeah. want. Yep, exactly. Exactly. What I, I found something, a couple things that were interesting yesterday is he did not once bring up the amount of deficit spending that we're doing. Not once. There wasn't one comment on deficit spending. When well, if you we don't say it, it doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, $1.7 trillion is, just, you know, nothing. It's poop. Well, I mean, we were able to make it out of thin air. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I, I found that extremely interesting. It's like he, because he's, he's kind of been on yelling a little bit over the past year. Like, come on, guys, get your, get your financial house in a little bit of order, you know, because yeah. I, because, you know, I can't control everything with rates if you guys are going to keep just spending money that we don't have. Yep. You know, I, it, it takes away some of the power of what he, what they were trying to do. Yep. And, that was the first time I, I think in probably the last three or four meetings where he hasn't, you know, put a shot across the bow of uh, Yellen in the Treasury Department. Well, so. I think Yellen laid the smack down in a private meeting or something, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Said, who's really boss? No, yes. 
Yeah, that 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 be an interesting one, wouldn't it? Um, so it's just it's 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 nice. It's good to see. I, you know, I'm glad to see that they're holding. We really have. We've peaked. We've mentioned it several times. We felt that we we have peaked. Mm-hmm. You know, there. You know, and he said it yesterday. Is hey, we're still waiting for the rest of our our rate increases to get through the system. So yep. now let's just pause. Let's let them get through the system. Yep. And you know, in the past couple of weeks, we've seen this. You know, um, Hasbro toy company at Christmas time. At Christmas thousand, time, yeah, uh, a thousand layoffs. Yeah, Etsy, one of the biggest online uh, stores mm-hmm. in the world. Christmas time layoffs. Christmas time. Ford, yeah, Ford, who's got who just spent a ton of money retooling their Lightning uh, electronic or electric truck um, facility, just said they're cutting their production in half. So it's, you know, it's not all roses and rainbows out there right now. It's still, it's still working through the system. Exactly. And I I think we're going to, we're going to see things tightening. I saw an interesting chart uh, first thing this morning. And I didn't realize this, that every, after the first rate cut by the Fed, if you look historically, we have within three three to six months, you have a huge increase in unemployment. Which wow. is like, oh, that's not fun. And um, that was just one thing. It's like that's something you don't you don't want to see either, you know, because we're sitting. I mean, it, it's nice when you see, you know, roughly what a, we're at three point seven percent unemployment. Mm-hmm. And. It's been a it's been a very steady number, and it's nice to see, you know, the people people are have jobs, people have the ability to go out and, and replace jobs, and that it's not the fear of losing the job so much now. I think it's more of just hey, can I afford to go to the grocery store um, this week? Did, oh my gosh, did you see the the comparison um, of what it costs for Macaulay Calkin from Home Alone? When the movie first came out, he went to the went to the store and got these four or five items, mm-hmm. and it was under twenty dollars. They went to the store; it's now seventy six dollars for the exact same items. That that one that, that one was just kind of wow. That one kind of just blew me away. So, well, that's where that's where all of our. Um, our numbers are, but this was something that you and I wanted to to talk about, which is kind of off the sidelines in in numbers. And a lot of people have been complaining for a while about the hedge funds purchasing the majority of of homes. Um, the numbers I've seen aren't quite as high as this. You know, this this report saying that forty four percent of the single family homes last year were purchased by private equity firms that's huge 44 percent. like I, th- I thought it was around 2021 that that seems so that's like a i just feel like that's a massive number like i knew hedge funds and equity firms were a big pro- proponent of the buyers but my gosh well, like what like what i mean obviously they, that's telling us that there's a lot of a lot of money to be made in home ownership yes yep but you can remember a lot of these are buying them to rent them. Mm-hmm. 
and you know i i can i can understand this you know couple years ago you were every seemed like every house you were competing against you were competing against some type of of investment company you know when open door was throwing money around like like it was water at the time um and so you're looking at it's like man 44 seems really high you know i i've got to look in this number a little bit more but it was interesting because i i saw this and on the same day I saw this that in the U.S. Senate, a bill has been introduced to end Fed, uh, hedge fund control of American Homes Act 2023. So what they're doing is they're going to try and force these hedge funds to exit the single-family housing market. And, and I'm not, and I think you know, I think you're a little bit more versed on this. Hasn't the government in a lot of ways aided these hedge funds in being able to oh, buy? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like now they're like, wait, oh shit, we messed up. We messed up. Oh, here, help us. And then it's like, oh, well, we we didn't mean help us that much. You know? It's like they the government does things and they never think of the unintended consequences of the actions. And that's, that's one of the things. And a big part of this quite honestly came, comes down to when the fed was buying mortgage backed securities and forcing mortgage rates down to the 2%, you know, 3% is it provided all this liquidity and this liquidity went into the hedge funds. It was basically the hedge funds to help stimulate the economy. So what does the hedge funds do? Well, my gosh, if I can borrow at 2% and I can go buy all these assets and now they're watching, you know, all these assets go up 15% a year, 20% a year. Where are you going to put your money? Where are the asset classes going up quickest? Yep. That's the job of a hedge fund. Provide exactly. the best return for your clients. Well, we created it. We created the market. Yep. So, I mean, BlackRock right now, they're supposedly sitting on another fund over in Europe of 770 uh, million euros to start buying houses in Germany and a lot of areas of the EU because oh, wow. their market is is um, is starting to starting to starting to recover, um, uh, actually drop down. So they're looking at buying opportunities and. It's just you look at this, and the other, the other interesting thing is, BlackRock right now. A lot of people don't realize this is, yeah, they're huge, they're great, but do you know for their real estate investment trust, their largest one, you can't withdraw your money. Wait a and minute. You have, so I got to leave it, and I got to. So wait, wait. If I can't withdraw my money, does that mean like? Is it set up into a structure where it's like I'm investing, but I may never be able to actually get my returns? Basically, yeah, yeah. They they just have it set. They have it set up, and this goes back to our, our whole discussion with commercial mortgages. Is that the real estate investment trust main main focus is all commercial properties? Well, here's the problem. Just like we had a couple banks fail, if you all of a sudden get a small run on that real estate investment trust for BlackRock, and you get the all these people starting to line up wanting to wanting to take out their funds. It's not liquid. 
it's not liquid. It's all tied up in the properties. So how do you get your liquidity? You have to sell the properties. Well, what's the problem with commercial back properties right now? They're worth about half of what they were three years ago because nobody wants to buy them because the interest rates are too high for mm -hmm. the for commercials. So it's, you know, you, you just look at that and I believe in capitalism and the free markets, but I have to look into this deeper because I don't want to say, yeah, I agree with, with this, this law, but at the same time, you guys made, made your bed and now you need to fix it. And, but by fixing it, what are the other problems you're going to cause? Yeah. Because if you, if you take all these houses, I mean, even if it's over 10 years, do you all of a sudden, all of a sudden create a glut in the market and you've just destroyed home appreciation? Possibly, right? It, it's very possible. I mean, it's 40, 40, 40, you know, one in two houses basically where yeah. they bought by like, but, but like, like what, what's that going to do if, what, do we really have the shortage of homes in that situation? I'm yeah. assuming we still do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, it just, there's so many cans of worms that you can open up to this, mm -hmm. you know, and then, okay. What about, what about, you know, at what size, you know, what's a hedge fund, you know, what's an, what's, do you count a real estate investment trust as a hedge fund? Cause there's huge real estate investment trusts that own thousands of properties too. Mm -hmm. it, it, it was an interesting one to see both of those 44%, 44% just still blows my mind. Yeah. That's massive. That's a huge number. That's a, it, it's absolutely huge number. So, all right. So we got into those. Let's look at our numbers here in Orlando. Locally, I think it was busy. No, I doubt. No, it wasn't busy. It wasn't. <laughs> I didn't feel like last week was busy. I, I felt like I it was know. very slow. I was. I was. Uh, tell you what. After uh, after our show, I also went and was uh, had the flu for uh, this. Uh, actually, this day I'm back, and it's all your fault. You had it like two weeks before. Blame it. it probably was my fault. I'm going to blame my yeah. kids for that when they brought it home from the school. I blame the public school system for the flu. No, uh, I'm just yeah. kidding. Hot tag, ignore it. <laughs> but I mean, it was, it, it was slow, very slow. We only yeah. had 272 homes sold last week. This is a non-holiday week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but again, Look where the rates were. We were sitting close to 8%. For some people, they were probably were over 8%. Yeah. It, well, and I think, I think we had a little bit because you're talking, these were borrowers that locked at the start of November, November. or late yep. October when rates were much higher. Then we saw all the improvement in November. I'm not going to lie. We had a number of borrowers that were like, they canceled to be like, hey, let's see if we can find another property because rates went down. Maybe we can look a little bit higher. You know, we also had a lot of bars that, you know, potentially negotiate extensions on closing so that they can float down to lower rates, right? Okay. Because we had the ability yep. to float down. So, you know, this week, and, and I will say even internally, like last week was pretty slow. Um, you know, we saw about a three X in, in files closing this week compared to last week. Gotcha. So we, we're picking up massively on our side. A lot gotcha. of that I think has to do with what the market did. Yep. Makes sense. 
this is the one I, th- I think just really hurts is we get into the condos and you only had 93 condos sold last week. I mean, the condo market in Orlando has just dwindled to nothing. And we, we actually almost had more new condos come on the market than they had sold last week. I mean, we're up to tw- almost 2,500 units for sale mm-hmm. right now. And then when we get into our numbers on the original list of sales price, the average discount is $25,000 off the original. That's a big discount. That is a very big discount. And then, you know, we're sitting here at 95% on the original to the sales price and 97. So you see, we got, you got plenty of room, plenty of movement in there. Um, the average days on market is going up again. We're mm-hmm. up to 50. We're almost up to two months now. Wow. So that number again is increasing. Why? Because I mean, rates were popping up. You know, hopefully we'll start to see that see that drop down. And then our, our graph for weekly sales, it's just you know, slow, absolutely slow. You know, we're we've got numerous over the past month, numerous points below what the period average is. Mm-hmm. And then our inventory just continues to grow as well. Is we're up to 4,600. So we're, we've got 22% more homes on the market than we did um, last year, which, you know, the, you I know, think that goes down in January. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to start all over. But that's, you know, it's just, I, I think, I think we're going to continue to see that number to grow. I think people may feel a little more comfortable mm-hmm. trying to sell their house. You know, if they see the rates stay, you know, in that six and a half to 7% range. Yeah. Um, where I think a lot of people just, it, it was frustrating. We, and we saw the numbers of how many people were, were withdrawing their, their properties off the market because they had, they'd sat for two months. Yeah. You know, with no action. I've got a friend of mine right now. He's got a townhome price correctly you know compared to compared to all the other ones and he's had on the market for three weeks and i think he's had two showings wow Um, that is it that's it and then condo market we're seeing the same i mean look at this condos which are usually priced less their average discount off the original is twenty six thousand dollars pete and look at this original list of sales prices 92. Well, the condo market, we've been saying this for a while. It's going to, it is going to feel, and I don't even know if rates dropping is going to help the condo market right now. I don't think it is. I I think with what's going on with the insurance aspect and the regulation tightening. And I was talking to a great friend up in Maryland and, um, you know, and he does a lot of condos. There's a lot of condos actually in the Maryland DC area and so forth. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, He's and he's just like, dude, Florida is just a whole different beast. Like you guys deal with stuff on condos that nobody else. And it is it's it's unfortunate because we've got a lot of different pieces and the maintenance Mm -hmm. of the codes. And then, you know, what happened, unfortunately, happened, you know, down in South Florida, like that's going to have ramifications. And there's guidelines. If you look at Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, there are literally a cutout for Florida of increased restrictions on condo requirements. So it's like 
condo guidelines for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac are this across the entire nation. And then it's like subsection for Florida, these additional <laughs> items. Right? So it, Florida, man. It is. It is what it is. Yep. Yep. And then, I mean, you just look at the inventory. I mean, we are up 62% over January of last year. That's huge. Yeah. That is huge. And our average days on market have jumped to 51. And I just, I just see this continuing to go up. Mm-hmm. And I just think we're going to have, you're going to have, you're, you're going to see huge, start seeing some huge price drops. Am I going to be and, able to buy a condo on Sable for like 20 grand again? Maybe not twenty. <laughs> Maybe not twenty. Hindsight, I, I should have bought properties up in two thousand eleven, oh twelve, and Sable. You know, because <laughs> I think they were they were going for like fifteen, twenty grand back then. They were they were? It was. Uh, and they're going for what one eighty, two hundred now. Yep, yep. I, I I think you're going to see a lot of them pull back to though to like you know one forty, you know, because. I'm sorry when you when you also have a seven hundred dollar a month, eight hundred dollar a month HOA fee. Yeah, the affordability ain't there anymore. No, that it's cost not. Savings? Nope. 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 I mean, the one complex was at Lake Lakeside, or I can't remember exactly. Over here in Altamont, that they they're jumping to nine hundred January first. In the past two weeks, there's been close to I think. 18 or 19 properties listed. And was Lake Lakeside was a, they were a, was that a, was that an, a, a hotel conversion? No. Or am I mixing? No, they are mixing them up. No. I, I know which one you're thinking of. No, no, that's not the one. That's not um, the one. But, but this is like a nine, a $900. What's, what's the price point on these? Can I just, do you know off the top of your head? Uh, Two bedroom, one bath right now is 180. 180. So you're like, $900 HO or condo dues on that property. Yeah. Like that, I, I hate to say this like that, that community may be like in, in you hate to say this, but like the, like it's done. Who can afford yeah. to live there still? Who can justify? And well, I that, bet you that's a heavy investor owned complex. There were, that's almost all the ones that are got thrown on the market. All investors. Yeah. All investors. I mean, what Which, do you charge for rent? What do you charge for rent? Yeah. Yeah, you know, the rent was going. The rent in there was going about fourteen hundred for a two one fifteen hundred. <laughs> hey, and now all of a sudden you got to pay nine hundred dollars of it to to your HOA. Yep, you're not going to jack the rent up to twenty five hundred because everyone's going to look at you like you're freaking smoking crack. Yeah, yeah, I'll go rent yeah. a house for that. Mm-hmm. All those investors were like, please let rents keep climbing. No, thank goodness they didn't. I'm happy they yeah. didn't. Sorry. Um, but but uh, yeah, that's a tough scenario. Very, very tough scenario. And the problem is, is all those investors are going to get out of there. You're not going to get investors back into there nope. because it's not. So you're going to need people to buy it as a primary. But like, like I'm like when I talk, I talk to clients all the time that are looking at condos and I tell them, hey, this is your like. This is how much additional home you could be looking at if there was no HOA. Mm-hmm. Like and like way, but weigh your options. I'm not saying condos are bad, but make sure you look at it because the reality is, is a lot of people go into condos because they want they want to they they want to remove the maintenance aspect of it. Yep. Yes. But if the maintenance aspect is so expensive that I can sit there and say, hey, you can buy a single family over here for fifty thousand more and pay for lawn care. And pay for pool service, 
and it still be less a month than what that condo would be with a $900 condo due. Yeah. Most people are going to say, okay, that sounds good. That makes sense. That and then sense. tell them like, Hey, by the way, if you feel like things are tightening and you want to get rid of lawn care and just do it yourself, you have that option. Don't yeah. have that option in a condo. And then, and then the other thing is resale. You know, they, they're, they've just, their resales just been destroyed, mm-hmm. totally destroyed. And they, they're going to end up, you know, you've got some people who've bought within the past year, year or two, you know, and they're yeah. say goodbye to your equity. Yeah. You know, the equity that you had, it's gone. And you may very well end up underwater. That's scary to be like, yep. hey, you bought with all this appreciation when the market's appreciating so much. And I and there's going to be and I think in Central Florida, I'm really like I'm going to say this, like maybe a little bit of hot take here. But and we're getting a little bit long, so I probably shouldn't do a hot take right here um, <laughs> is we've got a heavy condo community that's been impacted and the Airbnb community has been impacted majorly. Like mm-hmm. I think we've held steady, but if we don't see great appreciation continuing, it's going to be because of those two areas softening our markets significantly. Yes. Yep. I agree with you completely. Agree with so. you completely. Well, let's wrap it up. Thank you everyone for joining us and we will see you again next Thursday. Please remember to like, and subscribe. And stay, t- stay up to date with everything real estate at the Orlando Real Estate Buzz. Take care. Awesome. Have a great one, guys. Bye.